Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends. All except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli, watch one episode of Buffy a week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Buffy Virgin. We're on season four, episode 20, The Yoko Factor. Season four is so close to being over, we can taste it. <laughs> yet we must continue to endure. Uh, I'm your host, <laughs> Dennis St. John. Uh, and with me is the usual band of idiots uh, and friends. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves uh, in order, any order of your choosing? Uh, my name is John. I uh, am here because Yoko is my favorite beetle. <laughs> my name is Travis, and I'm here for the angel sighting, of course, in this episode. is is quite rewarding. My name is Michael, and I'm the virgin. I've only seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer up to season four, whatever episode this is, almost at the end with, uh, with the Yoko factor. All right. Uh, so before we get into this episode, let's do a little bit of reactions. Audience reactions. Uh, so we got a nice uh, review on Facebook from uh, Jay Max, who's just uh, just finished watching watching season one of our show um, and is enjoying season two. Um, so he said, uh, really enjoying the podcast. Uh, when she was bad, really insightful and big personal themes explored. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Oh, and one final thing. The Puppet Show is a classic from season one. I had to cover my ears on the season one recap because I can genuinely say The Puppet Show is one of my fave episodes, uh, or at least in the top 20. It is very quirky, the iconic end credits for one thing, and I found lots of creative and classic moments bound up in the episode. But hey, that's just my thoughts. Uh, keep up the good works. Really invent... Uh, Really invested in the podcast, clever, funny, and bringing a new burst of energy into this classic show. Cheers. Uh, so thank you, Jay. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Very That's sweet. So nice. Love whatever <laughs> episode you want, man. As long as you love us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess every episode has to have its defenders. I mean, that's or like the lovers. That's crazy. I don't think the Yoko is anybody's favorite. But uh, you say that, but it's the internet. Me wrong, internet. <laughs> this is where wrong. Jay, this will do the recap, and then Jay will say, "How dare you, the Yoko Factor?" <laughs> uh, and on Twitter, I kind of announced that we're coming back, and I showed some promo art, so people were kind of excited. Uh, Jill Cross says, "Yay, great news!" And um, Renee Pope Monroe says, uh, "I'm just glad you haven't pod faded. Looking forward to your return, X." Uh, so thanks. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I, do, I do want to say just thanks to everybody who's been patient enough um, uh, while you wait for our return. All right, uh, why don't we get to the summary? The summary. What are you doing for the summary of this episode, Mike? I think there's got to be a Beatles joke in the Yoko Factor. So something, be uh, just probably with Beatles MIDI music. It's easy if you, if you try. try. 
not the Beatles. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well taken. All right. Let's move on to uh, Great Lines. Great Lines. My favorite line from this episode was uh, Angel's line where he's like, Riley, I don't like him. Definitely <laughs> echoing a lot of sentiment from the other side of the screen, I think. <laughs> The first line that really made me laugh was uh, when Spike is talking with Adam and Adam's just giving this uh, supposedly terrific speech about understanding what Spike is feeling um, and how repressed whatever his anger and, you know, vengeance feelings are. And he says, wow, I mean, yeah, I get why the demons all fall in line with you. You're like Tony Robbins. If he was a big, scary Frankenstein looking, you're exactly like Tony Robbins. <laughs> That one still, it still works. <laughs> um, I like uh, when Riley finds out that um, Angel hasn't lost his soul, and he's like, well, there you go. I mean, even when he's good, he's all billowy coat, king of pain. And the girl's really, before he gets cut off. <laughs> uh, Riley. <laughs> um, and this, I don't agree with Buffy's sentiment here, but I like the use of, like, the literal use of this metaphor. If I was any more open-minded about the choices you two make, my brain would fall out. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, I love when Willow's talking about the cats. I'm sorry. This is like a cat video for like before YouTube. Um, she's like holding the kitten. She's like, I keep thinking, okay, that's the cutest thing ever. And then she does something cuter and completely resets the scale. I can't then, believe they actually got the cat. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> so it's so quick. <laughs> it, fulfills a, it fulfills a prediction for Mike, which is good. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to see that little kid. And then Willow later, uh, Tara's like, you need an elective. What about, so what about psychology or what about sociology? And then she's like, no, no. Maybe something fun like drama. It could be dramatic. You cannot have more catnip. You have a catnip problem. She's talking to the little kitten, and it's just so adorable. It, it It's ridiculous. Speaking of the puppet show, though, calling back that... Uh, 
Willow is apparently now more comfortable with the idea of being on stage. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It was, it was weird for her to be like, I can be dramatic. I'm like, I'm like drama. I'm like, you hated performing, <laughs> but oh, well, Hey, kittens. kittens she's changed. She's grown. <clears throat> she has changed. All right. Uh, let's do the kill count. Um, so one human not confirmed one very rare slayer knockout uh i counted three other knockouts but riley claims four but i feel like he was just exaggerating the numbers to make angel seem worse uh so that's so what forest forest is not dead is what you're saying i'm just saying unconfirmed how dare you there hasn't yes. been a there hasn't <laughs> been a funeral for him <laughs> no funerals <laughs> Living that no funeral lifestyle. Uh, let's move on to weird noticings and trivia. Weird noticings. Um, at the beginning, when the military when the military people are talking on the like computer screen, uh, just like how does the secret government government organization still not have anything on Buffy? <laughs> and like still underestimate her he's like oh she's just a girl like she almost killed you last week well i think the the secret boss whatever is making fun of him a little bit you know he's a little bit tongue-in-cheeky about his responses where it's like yeah she you know you know kidnapped you know riley whatever and like broke in and out of you know the facility but like even that joke is not connecting with the mcnamara whatever the the guy on the ground he's just yeah totally underestimates buffy yeah and like Adam underestimates Buffy. Everybody underestimates Buffy. Yeah, which everyone but Spike. Like, it's a good, like, like Spike. It's a good, the only real good part of this episode is Spike, and right? Like, show, him showing his emotional intelligence. And he's the only person who consistently estimates Buffy. Yeah, it's insane at this point. Uh, John? Yeah, so uh, just the scenes with Spike and Adam together, like Spike almost makes up for Adam because it's like, it's like, let's just put our most charismatic character in a scene with our least charismatic character and it'll kind of even out, which is kind of how those scenes feel. Yeah. I do like, like when he gives, like Adam gives a speech and like that Spike's affected by it a little, but he's like, he's not so affected. He's going to like totally join up. He's just like, that's very like, I get it. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it reminds me of like season two Spike, where he's like the only guy who's like he comes in and he's a vampire who's not part of the like master cult, you know? He's like done with he's done with the old ways kind of guy, you know? Not into the structured leadership. It's nice to see that Spike again. Uh, so this episode's a little strange because Angel, or I guess Buffy has been on Angel for an episode I haven't seen, and then she. You know, she's gone, and so Xander shows up to connect with Riley, uh, getting some clothes and stuff, I guess, to check in. And then accidentally or purposefully, you know, through some not very intense questioning, uh, talks about how Angel and Buffy slept together, and that's what, you know, makes Angel so crazy, as opposed to some curse or moon or something or whatever that Riley says. And just, like... There was excruciating that scene because, like, I know exactly what this is going to trigger later. The you know, and it does the Riley v Angel conflict. I'm like, oh man, Xander, you idiot! You you are riling up a crazy man who's <laughs> giving up everything. Who's he's full anarchy, Riley? I don't think yeah. this. And then he mutters to himself, you know, the creepiest line was like, oh, they had sex, and it's like fucking Adam level of like, <laughs> like 
putting together the pieces of like how Angel is bad. And it's like, oh God, this is, this is, I don't want this show to be about Riley versus Angel. And now it is. Thank you, Xander. Or Riley. <laughs> I guess you bring up something there that like, I guess like Riley, all he's doing is like listening on the right, listening on his cell phone. And he's like hiding out in this burnt out school building and he's got nothing to do but obsess. <laughs> yes. Um, I do like like uh, in that scene, Xander he starts to use the word trigger about like what changes Angel, like calling it a trigger, and that kind of sets up like the recurring theme of like every character has their triggers, you know? Yeah, definitely. This episode, everybody's got their triggers. I mean, it's 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 kind of fun. I hope we go through all the triggers. Uh, I'll tell you what, Anthony Stewart heads trigger isn't. It's not Freebird. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's got some pipes, that guy. Was that the song he was singing? Yeah. I wasn't, I, I was like, it. in my mind when I first watched the episode, I'm like, oh, he wrote a song for the show. I didn't recognize it. Because I'm silly like that. I don't recognize super famous songs. <laughs> uh, John, you got a noticing here about uh, Anthony Stewart Head. Oh, yeah. I just want to point out that um, if you look in the bottom of the document, I got a screenshot there. Uh, his piercing, which we saw the last time he played guitar, we had a, he had an earring in. His piercing is real. That's a, his, his ear is definitely pierced if you look closely. That's the benefit of HD. The <laughs> <laughs> downside of watching it. Buffy in HD is that it looks terrible and it's a mess. The upside is you get to see he is piercing. <laughs> <laughs> Riley really has to learn the important lesson that like your partner's current emotional state doesn't always have anything to do with you. And like sometimes it's not any of your business. Like, <laughs> I don't know, because Buffy comes in and she's distant and stuff, but like it doesn't it really didn't have anything to do with him and he just like makes it all about him that feels i, I can't tell what age you, you you're supposed to learn that but that's like a definite like real life skill like if yeah. you, you know i don't know if it's 16 17 i don't know if it's it, oh i don't know it, might shit, even, it could be in your 20s yeah i feel like riley's learning it's around the same stage of life that i did I mean, you learn it real quick when you have like a super depressed girlfriend and then you're like <laughs> I'm not responsible for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was interesting. I, I felt like such an adult this week because I went to um, a meeting with, um, you know, an organization. I won't name the organization, but I was at the meeting and like... Wolferman Hart. <laughs> uh, but it was like other adult. It was a professional organizational meeting and we're talking about a pro some program and some someone there began crying. Oh. And like, as an adult, I didn't like do anything. You know, I just like handed some tissues and kept, you know, kept the conversation going and it was fine. It was just an adult leaking and that happens. Um, but anyway, we we're talking about emotional issues, sensitive issues that relates to social welfare. And it's just like, that's, that's an interesting industry. And I'm, I'm sure that happens all the time. Yeah. It's gotta, that's gotta be huge triggers for people. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is just a dumb thought. Um, can Spike make physical traps for people or like creatures? Because uh, clearly, like he can't hurt anyone directly. He can only use indirect means. That's kind of the setup for the, uh, you know, emotional, you know, traps. He's very much like a Loki character this episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, but it's like he's like a he's like dumb Loki because he's like so everything he's doing is so stupid and simple and like it. You know, we'll go through all of the things that you know trigger people. But like, it's not very much. Like, it's the smallest thing that disrupts, you know, that, that is the Yoko factor. Um, 
But and this just bothered me. How dumb is Xander's gun test? I feel like we already know that Spike <laughs> like can't be can't hurt them. And so like I don't know what Xander is trying to set up, but it's like he's constantly doing like a chip malfunction test. <laughs> like Xander can't leave it alone, or he just enjoys torturing Spike. But I feel like Xander has done this before. I mean, I don't know how many times Spike has been tested, but it's just like giving Spike a gun, real or not, and then just like seeing what he does. Ugh. <laughs> so, so annoying. Uh, I'd say to answer your question about the physical traps, I feel like if Spike could outthink himself, he could do it. If he was like, I'm setting up traps for demons, right? But it's in front of Buffy's dorm room. <laughs> he would really have to like, uh, like really convince himself for the chip to not set it off, right? Oh, that's an interesting thought. So it's it's sort of like it's based on what he believes will happen, right? So if he yeah, right? that's what the that gun test going shows. To hurt, yeah. yeah, that's what the gun test shows. I agree. So like, what Spike needs to do is he needs to take a bunch of like really bad acid, so everybody becomes <laughs> demons in his eyes, and then he can kill them. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Rick and Morty solution. I kind of like that. <laughs> that's total Rick and Morty. <laughs> Um, how about uh, how about Riley's uh, cell phone mod where he uh, <laughs> he took some like you know copper wire like he stripped some Romex and like wrapped it around a cell phone that was yeah. pretty great huh I like that it was so explicitly a cell phone and not like a walkie-talkie that would have made like more sense to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's got like his flip phone and he like stuck some massive copper cable in it it's great listen he's gonna work through the anarchist cookbook <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> I like all the props that Anarchy Riley has, <laughs> including the terrible pants. Um, so Anya calls Xander like a Viking in the sack, and I mean she's been around for a thousand years, so she might like literally mean that. <laughs> it remind me of a Viking I had sex with. And I like thinking like the the comparison at the time would be like a townsperson or a farmer. <laughs> you know, Definitely more Viking than townsperson. <laughs> like laborer, or like I'm just trying to think of surf, you know, like a hundred. <laughs> no, you would say plowman, obviously. Plowman, there you go. Plowman, yeah. whoa. Plowman instead of stevedore, but uh, um, I think a plowman would be good at sex, right? <laughs> Anya, last night you called me Ragnar Forkbeard. What, what was that? <laughs> oh, it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I was like, is it okay for her just to have this throwaway line about his sexual performance? It was kind of icky. I mean, it was, it was funny because it was, a like, it was a compliment, so it wasn't that icky, but it was kind of like a little bit icky. I mean, but it's Anya. That's like, <clears throat> Anya's no. about the not socially yeah she's not pc because she yeah. comes from the middle ages but it's like a weird it's a weird throwaway line i'm just saying i'm just saying if somebody said that about buffy i would break my tv <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean i believe parker has said that but parker's a monster yeah he got punched yeah a couple times right didn't he <laughs> he, got, he got like three ko's in two episodes yeah <laughs> <laughs> he got enough you got, a, you got some head trauma. Yeah. Damn, Parker. Forrest, go. Forrest, run. Get out of here. Forrest, don't. They killed Forrest. <laughs> just like ran him through so fast. Yeah. I, just, I was a little surprised that Forrest. This, like, like, the staging in that scene is like awful and frustrating to me. 
Like, just when they, like, Buffy and Forrest point their guns at each other, and they're like, all right, well, like, let's just go our separate ways. And then Buffy immediately turns her back to him. And it's like, there's still this gun issue. Like, Did, did Jonathan say something about powering Adam? I... Mm-hmm. Okay. That he has a nuclear reactor uranium core or something. Yeah. And that you Buffy didn't get off his head wouldn't stop him, which I yeah. still don't believe that. <laughs> Just because your battery works doesn't mean like. But Buffy wasn't there for that, so it's frustrating that Jonathan, like his like special knowledge, is like fading, and he didn't tell them. That's true. That info. But well, that's because Buffy needed more information about her relationships. Yeah, that's true. That was more important. Clearly, Adam is a fucking throwaway monster. <laughs> if like Jonathan, yeah, exactly. Height of his intelligence only offers relationship facts uh, did we see adam eject a disc from his chest this week yeah just briefly i think yeah, yeah. i'm just glad that <laughs> he's cleaning out down there so <laughs> does eject discs because he gives the disc to spike that spike brings the, the fake initiative disc and is that is that from adam's body oh yeah i guess so i mean i don't know <laughs> it's so gross because willow touched that <laughs> it's, like a, it's like an owl pellet. It's like... <laughs> uh, poor Will. She didn't know. Uh, so I wanted to point out the monster mask reuse this episode that I could see. Uh, I think Makita came back um, and I saw that one of the demons from Doomed. Uh, the rest were too hard for me to tell. I couldn't figure it out. Speaking of noticing uh, props, uh, if you look at the uh, screenshot down there, uh, Spike's entertainment system has evolved slightly. So he has, he still has the broken TV, which I think, <laughs> it's hard to tell even in HD, but I think it has candles inside of it now. But he has, <laughs> I believe, possibly two VCRs next to his uh, Smash TV. So uh, yeah, that almost looks like a Nintendo, doesn't it? As my dad used to say, uh, back in my day, kids, we had to play Nintendo by candlelight. <laughs> I like how when um, Spike is coming to uh, Giles's house, he's just like walking. He's just walking there, and then he stands right in front of the door, and then he's like starts hyperventilating and like gets his like serious like I'm scared face, and then walks in. And it's almost it's not breaking the fourth wall, but it's like he's like acting in a show where he's acting. I mean, it's 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 really cool, and he he's all like harried, and it's an amazing like glimpse. Of peeling back, um, yeah. Like, I just love it. It's great. It's a nice little moment. I don't get why everyone like everyone should always suspect whatever Spike is saying, and I don't know why none of them. <laughs> I mean that that breaks the episode for me because I don't trust anything. And there's been so many episodes where they're like, "Don't trust Spike." So I don't understand that. Kind of breaks it for me, but whatever. Yeah. No, the the trust in Spike is like totally unreasonable in this episode. Yeah, no, like even Giles kind of points it out, but he, but then they move forward anyway. Or he's like, a cynical person would say, like, you're bringing us what we need when we need it. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always forget how much like Angel and Buffy as shows interact this season. There's like way more crossovers than I remember. Um, it was nice to see Angel on this episode and see him Womp Riley. Uh, but uh, the angel cr- part of this crossover is way better. So, like a thousand times way. better. Like a thousand times better. It's crazy. Also, Buffy's on it a lot more. Like Angel just yeah. comes on to like 
punch four people and leave. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I just can't believe how much Angel doesn't belong in this episode or this show anymore. Like for something that was felt, someone felt so pivotal. Like he feels like just completely out of place in this episode. Even the acting feels off, like it completely unempathetic to him in this episode. And like, cause when I watch Angel, I'm like following Angel's perspective and I care about him. This episode, he feels completely in the wrong doesn't belong here. The writing doesn't support his him being there at all. And he's such a dick to Buffy and Riley. Like, whatever, Riley's riled up. Buffy versus, I mean, sorry, Angel versus Riley happens. I want to discuss that in a minute. But I can't believe the way he treats Buffy and doesn't respect the fact that she has a relationship with someone else. Because I feel like he's there to apologize, apparently, for, I'm sure, something rude he did on Angel. <laughs> And yet you'll have to watch and find out. He has nothing but, to apologize for. But this is like cool. I can't wait for the next episode when he apologizes for behavior in this episode. <laughs> and then they give him such dramatic music when he's doing his apology thing. And because Riley gets none of that. Riley is like just caught up in the squabble part of this episode. But like Angel gets this real like moment to apologize. And it, he doesn't deserve it. It's just so it's it's totally atonal with everything else going on here, this angel part. And it just like is a part of why this episode is so frustrating because there's no I mean, I guess it's a two-parter. There's like no resolution for any of the stuff that's that's brought up in the earlier part of the episode. And but instead there's resolution for this thing to happen on another show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this episode's super clunky. Like scenes don't fit in together. Like the angel stuff doesn't fit in at all with like the spike arc and like like i said before we started camera like parts of this episode feel like they were written by like a buffy fan who didn't know buffy's structure <laughs> like let's just give giles a musical number because it's awesome you know <laughs> not have it connect in any way to the plot uh. I, I must admit i gotta give him credit for zero recap I mean, on, on a show, on a, you know, you got to give them some hard love because this is, this is like zero recap uh, of stuff that happened on a different show a week ago. Um, I mean, they, they knew their audience. They knew their audience was following both shows. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it definitely is pretty clunky. Interesting. I'll, we'll wait and see what your take is, Mike, when you actually watch the Angel episodes. Uh, so Anthony Stewart Head plays a really fun drunk. Uh, when they find out about uh, that, that, that Willow and Tara girlfriends that uh, his uh, bloody hell from off screen is <laughs> mwah, beautiful. <laughs> there is some good stuff in that squabble. Like I like Willow being like, you two are the two who are the two. That's a classic Willow. <laughs> It was it was cute that that Anya and Tara were just like chilling in the bathroom, like you know when you're like a little kid and your parents are fighting, and like you, you you're not allowed in the room, and so you're like hiding somewhere. Also, just like we're the girlfriends club, like we're like the one step removed from this. Yeah. Speaking of girlfriends, I just want to point out that they said the word girlfriend in this episode because in the last episode we had a bit of a discussion about how they didn't say girlfriend or love or gay or any words to like directly uh, address the relationship that the relate that the episode was about so but in this episode they fixed that i thought in my mind i did i thought this took longer but at least they said girlfriend this episode that was nice yeah yeah thanks uh, for noting that yeah this is this was super clear 
I do think it's funny, like, no, like, it takes everybody else having things directly explained <laughs> to them. And then Spike yeah. just, like, looks at people for a second and picks it up because it's obvious. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing that Buffy and, and, her, and the, the Scooby gang does not form a, a de- private detective agency. <laughs> <laughs> they are terrible at detecting the obvious. <laughs> I think that comes in part from they're spending so much time finding really obscure monsters. <laughs> and so you always assume it's more complicated than it is. That's true. So, like, it can't be the easy thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do uh, questions for the group. Questions for the group. Uh, Mike, it looks like you got all the questions this up. You got it. All right, let's start this out. Riley versus Angel. Who won? Angel. Yeah, I think Angel. Angel. Riley surprisingly held his own for a minute, but it's because he had, like, the taser and everything. Yeah. Uh, But if it wasn't for the intervention of that car... (laughs) (laughs) He was about to get KO'd. Yeah, and Angel had already killed three other people ahead of him. Those are just knockouts. Yeah, well, knockouts, there you go. Sorry. I was surprised that Riley lost that one because I feel like Riley, who, and also I was surprised how much of a fight he gave because, like, he just found out that Angel, like, had sex with his girlfriend and that was this, had been a secret from him. And, then, well, like, there's the guy he's just been resenting and thinking about. Is Riley still off the superhero medications? Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's surprising he did as well as he did. He, he's, just a, he's just a former professional basketball player. Okay. Yeah. He's not a superhero. Do we really know his strength level, though? Uh... Right. I mean, one to 10, Angel's probably an eight. Riley's probably a, a five, at least. A three. Wow. Are we doing the Marvel standard? What's like the Marvel, Marvel like a uh, trading card uh, thing because like Captain America is like a three, right? And Spider Man's a four. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> based on this, based on my memory of '90s trading cards, uh, I remember the, these trading cards. Well, then who's a ten? Uh, it only went up to seven, but like Galactus and the Hulk are like sevens. Like the thing is a six. All right, let's hold on. Then Riley's a one. I mean. There's just yes. no way. <laughs> Angel's a two. Well, I mean, Riley probably has to be a two because Xander and Willow are ones, right? Yeah, one like, is they're like... Named, they're like a named card. They're a named character. They have to have a card. Their value probably can't be zero. So by default, Riley is a two. I think my guess. Buffy, this, episode, or this season has been stated as having like Spider-Man level strength, so I'll give her a four. <laughs> I would say Angel then is probably a four as well because they they fight, you know, they fought him before and it's a pretty even match. Yeah, we know he's for some reason a lot stronger than most vampires, though we don't really exactly know why. Yeah, we don't really know why. And then Spike is a two, right? Mm, three. Yeah, Spike's I'd give Spike a three. Yeah, Spike's definitely stronger than Riley. Except for right now where he's a zero. Well, he's got a negative modifier. <laughs> Oh, now we're getting into D&D. I'm just going by Marvel. Well, we're not going to issue a new card just for season four. You've got to like... You've just got a little thing you clip to it. And I have like a little thing you put on it, like a little like a little charm. Like, oh, this guy's asleep. <laughs> I put you asleep with my sleep spell. All right, let's talk about triggers. So there's a bunch of different triggers this episode, and please correct me if I'm getting them wrong. For Xander, it appears Spike triggers him by suggesting that everyone thinks he's joining the military. 
Is that the trigger for Xander? I mean, that's the um, on the surface level. What's what the, the trigger for Xander is, you know, he's not as smart as his friends. He's lower, you know, he's not going to college. Right? Yeah, he's being left behind is the yeah. trigger. He's not good Be all you can be, or be all you can be. Yeah. But Z but Spike doesn't have to even bring any of that up because the military thing that does everything it needs to to get right. Xander <clears throat> thinking about why they would think he's joining the military because he can't do anything. Correct. Got it. Yes. Okay. And then Willow, the suggestion is she's not very good at computers. No, the suggestion is she's a lesbian and no one else can handle it. But the Wicca thing is just a phase. And Wicca yeah. means lesbian. Okay. In this, movie, I guess, in this show. I guess it's just I a phase. From... You'll move through it. Like. No, I, I understand, but. I guess the I'm I'm trying to track like what Spike says to what it what triggers. he says specifically is like oh there's you know you're, I heard your friend said that you're not into computers so much because you're into the new thing okay. and he like I gestures wish. at Tara yeah <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> the new thing and he's like oh, true okay he yeah. makes comments about like yeah it's a phase or like right <laughs> you're being trendy like yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> so cringe or they I mean, yeah, meanwhile, she's struggling with this incredibly weird encrypted document that they don't even know what it is that they're trying to get that Spike's provided them. Yeah, okay, so yeah, the new, the new thing. Um, and then Giles is no longer a leader, right? It's like, yeah, oh, I, so I gave you this mission or I gave you this information so that maybe you could, you know, lead again or something. Is there a trigger for Buffy? Does he, does he manipulate Buffy? He doesn't talk way? to Buffy. Yeah, he doesn't really talk to her, okay. Scared of her. He's just, he's just going after the friends, remember? Right, that's right. That was the plan he made with Adam, right. Well, can we also talk about the accidental trigger of Xander? Xander also accidentally triggered Riley, like, to be... Oh, super, true. Like, it was like, he's working with Spike. Like, it was the dumbest, it was like a self... <laughs> it, was like, it was just awful. It was, so that totally triggered Riley to be all crazy and distrusting. And then, boom, Riley shows up at Adam's at the end. It's, it's super crazy. But you, do you think they work? I mean, I think when people have sensitive buttons, it doesn't take a lot to like press them, right? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, we're not going to do this in this episode, thanks, Mike. But like, we could all <laughs> trigger each other pretty easily, right? Like, that's the power of friendship. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Uh, it can be the power of friendship. So we're all really vulnerable, I think, to triggers. But rather, fact focusing focusing on the Yoko factor of like the thing that triggers you what's the littlest thing that has made you stop doing something because i i was thinking that when i was watching this episode because i have found and i'll start with my own thing so you can get a sense of what i'm thinking because maybe it's not super clear but like i will want to do something new or different and like get excited about it and then it almost takes nothing to stop me like yeah. for instance i wanted to do this wall mural on our uh, shed and like i i did the backing paint and like the primer and stuff to do this mural. And then like I showed, I showed some people the image I wanted to do. And literally the first person I showed it to was like, that's eh, okay. And I like completely, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, I, I should have just done it. And you know, let the thing be the thing. But now it's like this thing I like had the time set aside to do and got the paints to do. And it's like literally one person just being like, meh, I'm like fuck this <laughs> so I, it was just like oh it takes so little to stop me you know like just being slightly unsupportive came over yeah yeah it's definitely 
doesn't take a lot to stop me either, especially when it's something new. Like um, having to respond to a group text has stopped me from doing something before. Having to drive too far <laughs> distance has stopped me. Um, when I when I was a teenager, I went to the local pool and I just gotten there, and then I was you know jumping off the diving board, you know, to do like a a fun cannonball, but I accidentally did like this amazing like not belly flop but back flop. <laughs> And it was like, you know, I was very, it didn't really hurt at all. I mean, it doesn't hurt, but I was like super embarrassed. So like I left, I left, I did like one jump, got up, was like, I made an idiot out of myself. I'm out of here. God. Just left the pool. Just left the pool. I like that. I feel like I've done that so many times. I can't even think of a specific example. Yeah. No, it's just interesting. Like it, Spike is doing these really tiny things and has this big impact of people not trusting people. And like, yeah, I, it's so it they're so dumb in a way, but it's also like, yeah, that's literally all it would take <laughs> for someone to be angry, frustrated, and move on. And like, I think when I imagine Shakespearean stuff, like I imagine like Iago kind of like whispering in the ear and doing like being a little bit more fucked up about about you know how how you would even like drop that stuff in there, but it's so much less. Yeah, it's literally, like someone's facial expression, just like. Mm. I was at a local bagel shop and I bought a bagel and I was walking out and like I, tr I tripped on the concrete outside the bagel shop and I fell really hard on the ground. I was like super embarrassed and I didn't go back there for months. Here <laughs> 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 ever, I thought I, th I thought I was never gonna be able to show my face there ever again. Turns out I just had to wait several months and then I was willing to go back. Because <laughs> uh, it was like, it was early in the morning, but like there was no one else there or, you know, you could easily see outside. And it's just like, oh it wasn't even like icy. <laughs> I mean, I'm lucky I didn't like really split my head open. I mean, it was it, like, I was lucky, but it was like super embarrassing. I'm like, well, here's another place I can't come back to. <laughs> uh, and I've definitely done, I can't think of a specific example, but I've definitely have had like old friends tell me like, you know, you made a joke and it like wrecked my confidence for like a month or something. I'm like, fuck, um, I do that a lot actually. Because I oh, yeah. funny things yeah. to say and then <laughs> crushes people and I forget. Like just uh, today, just this week at work during a staff meeting, someone was doing a presentation about their trip to Japan and they were like telling this like he was telling this emotional story about like seeing a kid so affected by this like Lucy sculpture and how like she was trying to comfort because it was like a sad Lucy and he's like, and that's why we do it. And I was like, yeah, to make kids sad. <laughs> <laughs> At it like everyone after like a bunch of people left and then someone was like i think you really crushed him like you really like like derailed his like presentation there and you know it's interesting being on an improv team you know like improv is so much your relationship with people and like i i feel like because the improv team i'm on is almost all women it's like it's surprisingly supportive and like because of I think it's so easy for things to get derailed. And I'm always shocked when someone on the team talks about a problem they have, like they, they're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because this really tiny thing happened where someone said that I was just okay. And I'm like, what? That, would be, that was an amazing compliment that you misinterpreted. Hmm. Uh, so it was awesome because we did a show Friday that people had paid $10 to see, by the way, huge Ooh, show. Well oh, done. Dude. I was there. It was amazing, guys. Oh, did you get it for free, Trev, or did you pay? I paid. Good man. Yeah. Uh, but during, uh, but before the show, we spent an 
hour just telling each other how amazing we were, like how, what we thought about each person and like why, what we thought was amazing about them. And like, anyway, it's a great exercise. And uh, I'm not saying we do this now, but we should do that. Not on the podcast, but I don't think we want to listen to that, but we should do it. And if you subscribe to our Patreon at the uh, $5 a month level, you can get the recording of us telling each other why we think the others are amazing. Because you're good enough, you're smart enough, doggone it, people like you. All right. Uh, uh, let's move on to themes and deep stuff. Deep stuff. Yeah, I don't think uh, the only theme that uh, I put in here, uh, I don't think is different than what we've been talking about, but just the idea that there's probably in any friendship or any relationship, there is probably enough insecurity and unspoken resentment that if it comes out wrong, could really cause a problem. Uh, you know, like, and it, it's interesting that it's always there. Probably just like in any two given people that have, that have a positive relationship, there's probably something there that if someone brought it out, you could yeah. blow the whole thing up. It's like how they say like uh, in every human body, there's like enough of certain chemicals that if you combine them in the right way, you would explode. I don't know if that's true, but I read that somewhere when I was a kid and it stuck with me. Uh, <laughs> it's just the idea that everything has within it this like conflict just waiting to happen. I don't know. That is obviously- You just grab a person and shake them up enough, they blow up. How can TSA <laughs> let anyone on a plane if like chemicals are inside you? Uh, Travis, is this scientifically accurate? I'm sure if you could distill all the hydrogen in your body. There you, there you go. go. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure there's enough, right? <laughs> to blow something up. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> recommendations. Uh, so my recommendations for this episode uh i the beatles documentary let it be if you want to actually watch the yoko factor at work um uh i mean it's a good documentary and it came out it was filmed like while they were recording like their last album i think right and it came out like when they had already broken up and you can totally see them being dysfunctional during it uh but they also do their like last rooftop performance and it's like I don't know. It's on. It's really interesting to see like a band not functioning, and then for like four minutes they're perfect, and then the and they're the Beatles, and then it's just like over. <laughs> um, Correct me if I'm wrong. That's still not in print, right? You have to watch that as a bootleg somewhere. Oh yeah, watch it as a bootleg, kids. <laughs> uh, uh, Brimstone and Treacle, which I've recommended before, but I don't think it made the letterbox. But it's. Um, Sting movie where he's like an evil manipulator. I was thinking about movies with like guys who are really good at manipulating people. Um, so and since Sting is basically uh, Spike, it works. Um, <laughs> and that movie was also banned in England for like ten years or more. Speaking of uh, things not being available, uh, the newer movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, where he's like super manipulative, like a uh, paparazzi guy who like manipulates people his way on his way through power uh so those were my uh rex uh and uh Polly. i like yes. your <laughs> yeah so i just have this is an anime i saw uh just this past week that i felt was uh had some characters reminding me a little bit of like adam and whatever not that people love adam but 
uh, Ini Yashiki, uh, it's, it's got some really interesting meta-narrative stuff going on, and it has uh, an old man that becomes a robot old man, and uh, it's super well done, and I don't want to spoil it, but if you can watch to the second episode, uh, you will be totally hooked. Um, this just really demented good evil stuff. Uh, that is all. Yeah. Cool. Now let's do predictions. I know Mike got the cat one, right? Virgin predictions. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a look at predictions. So at the moment, Mike, you have uh, 110 confirmed predictions and 67 denied predictions and 138 predictions that have yet to be decided giving you an accuracy so far of 62.1468926666%. I can't wait till the end of season seven when this thing jumps up 30 fucking points. You think so? Yes. But that's not a prediction. That's a foolish prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Mike, you did predict in the last episode that Tara and Willow will get a cat together. And so they have. Not only did they get a cat, it was specifically addressed that it is their cat together. So I think this one is definitely confirmed. Uh, I always feel like we should give them like an extra point because of how like insanely it really was extra clarified. I I, I hear what you're saying, Travis, but you know, if he wanted to make two separate predictions, he could have made two separate predictions. So this is really on him. True. Fair is fair. Okay. (laughs) Season four, episode 19 as well. Again, in the same episode, last episode. Mike, you predict that Spike is going to portray the Scoobies before the end of season four. I think at this point, that has pretty much happened. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and confirm that as well then. Thusly, you are now at a 62.5698324. So you jumped up a couple of uh, decimal points there. (laughs) Oh, man. What a mess. Uh, All right, so I have new predictions. Um, Have I predicted Riley's going to get killed this season? You have predicted that Riley will get killed specifically by a vampire. But if you want (laughs) to double down, you can double down. Okay, I need to then. Riley's going to get killed this season. Um, and I just dead. And I'm not going to say by a vampire. No, no, excuse me. I don't want, I don't want to say get, get killed. Riley's going to die. Okay. Not get killed. Related angel will never be on another episode with Riley. We've that, that angel versus Riley. That was it. Finally, the gang will get back together next episode. This is a temporary, you know, little blip in their relationship. Have I made a prediction about Spike's chip removal yet? You have. You have predicted that Spike will have his chip removed and that he will not tell people when it gets removed. Perfect. Are you going to want to make any predictions about how um, Riley showed up at Adam's at the end of this episode? Oh, that's just, that's the precursor to Riley being killed. Okay. That's not, they're not like, I mean, I know they're related, right? They're brothers, but they're not really brothers. (laughs) Riley immediately shut that shit down. <laughs> this isn't a family reunion. Um, and then um, clearly Forrest is unconfirmed dead, so Forrest is not dead because of the vagueness of uh, Dennis's uh, thing. I need to add that. I don't... <clears throat> Even though Buffy was like, bad news. I got some news. Can we talk? Some news. It's not about Angel. Can news. Forrest isn't dead. Or Forrest is dead. <laughs> She's <laughs> Spoiler, Forrest isn't dead. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> but he's fucked up. I mean, he got 
run through. <laughs> I think I think he's Price is not dead, but will die. Okay, Forrest is not dead right now. Uh, Forrest is not dead. Forrest will die in season four. Okay. Any predictions about Graham? Graham? <laughs> the other one. Uh, what about Max? The three and guys, Riley, Forrest, and Graham. Did Graham already die, or is Graham bitten by the werewolf? He got werewolfed. Yeah, werewolf. He got wolfed. No, that's it. So, right. getting close to the end of season four, I feel like we should have some more season four predictions, like what will happen to the initiative. Oh, okay, here we go. The initiative will get shut down. And by the end of season four, I can't imagine the initiative being a fun villain for another three seasons. That seems <laughs> that would be a slog. <laughs> that would be terrible. They have no leadership, and they underestimate Buffy. Cool. Let's underestimate Buffy again for another season. <laughs> I mean, it's it yeah. you'd be like, bring back the master. <laughs> you know, that's like the villain you didn't like at all. But you'd be like, man, master's kind of a little bit better than the initiative. I mean, all they need to do is shut that shit down, let all the monsters out, and then we got to track down monsters next season or something. All right. I think that's it. You've made it through another episode. Uh, Next week, we'll be watching the second part of this (laughs) two-parter. And season four will come ever so slightly closer to finally ending. Um, so I've been Dennis St. John. You can uh, buy my comics online uh, by searching my name. Uh, I'm D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X uh, at Twitter, and that's my dot .com. Um, and you can find Buffy, wherever you find, Buffy Virgin, wherever you find your podcast. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter if you want to check out uh, the Buffy Drawings. Uh, and we have a Facebook page. Um, and we will see you in hell. Hey.